So Ukraine is a biggest country in Europe with marvelous nature, adorable people and a huge potential. Ukraine has a huge potential in any kind of spheres. Um, people are very smart, people are very good-hearted. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. In reality, Ukrainian people are much better, much more interesting and friendly than other people expect. This podcast is about the real life experiences, work and personalities of Ukrainian people with a focus on the capital Kiev, so that foreigners discover the positive truth about Ukraine, hear the voices of Ukrainians, visit the country and invest in the economy, creating more opportunities for the younger Ukrainian generations to stay and build their country. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me, and even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to build orphanages for the children who lost their families in the war. I couldn't return to Ukraine in 2020 because of COVID-19, so this project is my volunteer work to help Ukraine, and thank you all so much for the support. This podcast now is ranking number one on Apple Podcasts about Ukraine, top 100 travel podcasts in Switzerland, top 60 travel podcasts in the UK, top 60 in Norway, top 30 in Italy, top 30 in the Netherlands, top 30 in Spain, top 25 travel podcasts on Apple Russia, top 20 on Apple Poland, and top 10 in South Korea. Thank you. That's a lot of tops, but it's all thanks to your support, sharing, and voting. So please keep going and follow the Instagram about this project. I just started it maybe 30 days ago. It's aziz.future. My guest today is Leonid Mironyuk from the Kiev National Taras Shevchenko University, where he received a master's degree in international economics, and many consider this university to be the best in Ukraine when it comes to the studies that he did, to being an intern at Japan Tobacco International, to being a performance improvement and finance consultant at Ernst & Young, and now an investment associate at Leo has letters of recommendation from the country manager at L'Oréal Ukraine, the vice president at Imperial Tobacco Ukraine, as well as a famous Polish reformer. He is passionate about Ukrainian business and adores to communicate with people and to grow as a person and grow his skills. He has experiences in financial modeling, in using the Bloomberg terminal, and as an analyst at business departments in the FMCG sector. Leo, how are you today? 
Hello, Aziz. I'm great. It is a true pleasure to me to give you an interview. And I think that you're doing a great job with this podcast. And may I mention one thing? I have left uh, and uh, currently I'm, uh, I'm cu currently working for a IT company based in Ukraine. And I'm working for this company a little bit, then, little bit more than one year. Thank you. And in your LinkedIn, I don't think it was written, but that's wonderful that you keep progressing and keep improving. So then to ask you about one thing, you are passionate about Ukrainian business, correct? Yes, indeed. So let's go to the real beginning. What was the moment or maybe the life experience or maybe family situation or anything that made you get this passion and love for Ukrainian business? Thank you for the question. Well, actually, I'm since I was a child, I'm passionate about economics and business. And I really believe that this comes truly from my heart. And I, I was born in Ukraine. I'm living in this environment. And uh, I believe that Ukraine has a huge potential and Ukraine can make a huge value to the world. And I'm studying about the ways how Ukrainian businessmen are doing business in Ukraine and how they are bringing the value to the world th through export. I love that. And I know we can speak about facts and figures, but I have more of a philosophical question, which I am happy that you're here so that I ask you because you love business and like you said, add in value and export into the world. There is this psychological tendency where a lot of people don't understand that the entrepreneurs are actually the engines of prosperity in the world. And they view business as somewhat of a negative field. And they think, oh, all businessmen are like bad people who are stealing and they're doing bad things like that. But you, since you love it, you don't have this perspective. So what is your philosophical perspective on this? Why do you think business is important at all? And if you could define value in some way. Okay. So first of all, I would like to mention that people think those things uh, in Ukraine not about entrepreneurs. They think those things about maybe politicians. And uh, entrepreneurs in Ukraine uh, try to deal with uh, the environment in which they are living. And every entrepreneur truly makes uh, the life of people better because he brings the value to the people, to the world. He makes the world better, the life of people better. For example, let's say it is a village or like a small city or a big city. And like it is a street without a grocery market. An entrepreneur builds a grocery market and helps people like to spend five minutes when they go shopping for groceries. This is uh, a small entrepreneur. From another side, we have like Elon Musk, who is driving civilization forward to the stars. And <laughs> this is also an entrepreneur. And every one of them is important. And everyone changes lives of the world. 
of the people. Elon Musk changes this uh, in his way and entrepreneur that opens like a small business on your street also changes changes the world and changes the lives of people, but in a little bit uh, another way. But anyway, uh, world, world, world becomes better and I believe that people become happier. Thank you. That's actually a topic that is very important for me since I have a master's degree in entrepreneurship. And one of the favorite things for me is a treatise, and it's a book as well. It's almost 900 pages, and it's from uh, Ludwig von Mises. It's called Human Action, a treatise on economics. And one of the chapters there is what you mentioned, that the entrepreneurs, whatever is there, whether it's a law or a situation, they take it as a cost of doing business and they will adapt to it. And that the spirit of entrepreneurship is to adapt to the environment and try to find ways to add value within it, that nothing really can stop the spirit of entrepreneurship. And I value that as well as that really beautiful understanding that when entrepreneurs make money, it's only because they add more value than the money they receive. And it's it's because people are not stupid. I mean, many think, oh, uh, someone is doing something wrong, unless you have an army and you're threatening people to give you money, they'll only pay for things that are valuable to them more than the payment that they give. And that's beautiful. But if you want to comment on this, anything you wish, of course, as well as can you share about Ukraine, some startups that you find fascinating or some new economic engines and growth potentials that you think are valuable? Okay, so first of all, I would like to tell to our audience that Ukraine is the home for a lot of unicorns. Maybe you have heard, heard of Grammarly. Yes. Is. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, what is called a unicorn? Unicorn is a term to describe a privately held startup company with the value of over $1 billion. And a Grammarly is a Ukrainian company that helps people to write on English without mistakes and in a better way. Uh, it is headquartered in Ukraine and it is a company from Ukraine. Also, maybe you have heard about like... Uh, Reface app. Yes. It is not a unicorn yet, but it is a app that is, that was created in Ukraine also, and it has a potential to become a unicorn. For example, PetCube uh, is also created in Ukraine, and it is a unicorn. Uh, the The idea of PetCube is to help owners of pets who are away uh, from home to follow and interact with their pets uh, through head hardware and software. And there are a lot of other uh, unicorns, such as GitLab, which was valued uh, for at $3 billion, and etc., etc., such as uh, PeopleAI. This is also a startup from Ukraine and a unicorn. Therefore, Ukraine has an extremely high potential in IT sector, but also Ukraine has potential in other sectors. For example, the Shard, is the London's tallest building, uh, and it was constructed with steel made in Ukraine. And uh, also, I would like to mention that currently I'm speaking to you via MacBook, and 
It is a pleasure to me to tell you that uh, Apple Computer Headquarters, called Apple Park, was also built with Ukrainian steel. And let's, if you speak about another sector, for example, agricultural sector, uh, I believe that people know about Ukraine for grain exports. But uh, also um, there is a company called TB Fruit. It is a Ukrainian company and it has 12% of world market of juice concentrate. Therefore, uh, I believe that Ukraine has a huge potential in IT sector, in agricultural sector, and I believe that Ukraine can be a great production facility for Europe because Ukraine is located near you Euro- near Europe, much more closer than Taiwan, Japan, uh, China, etc., etc. And uh, price for work- workforce in Ukraine is way way lower than in Europe. But <laughs> maybe you have some questions to me. Uh, Uh, or... This is wonderful. Look, I agree with you that Ukraine is the land of the future and it deserves all the progress. And it's interesting that you mentioned agriculture, because one of the interviews I did with was with Valerie, who is the CEO and co-founder of Dronewa, and he's the chairman of AgroIT. And what he's working is to develop drones that will take the production of uh, agricultural production of Ukraine to much higher levels through using robotics, technology, software, and a fleet of drones that will make the agriculture of Ukraine the most advanced in the world. So that's absolutely fantastic news. And I want to ask you something, which I think a guest of mine, who was Konstantian, uh, and also another guest, as well, who was originally from Donetsk and then he went to near Lviv. But what he was mentioning is this, as well as Fedir, all three mentioned this. They said Ukraine, actually, some of the economic situation is that there are a lot of poor people and a few very rich people, and there is no middle class, but it's the IT sector that is creating the middle class in Ukraine so that there will be people who can have more of a balance of life and buy things that will uh, be drive the economy of Ukraine forward and provide more of a developed feel to the country. Do you agree with this? And if so, what is your perspective as well as your thought about how the future will be when more and more unicorns and more and more IT companies begin some operations outsourced to Ukraine? Okay, thank you for the question. First of all, I agree with the fact that Ukrainian IT industry is rapidly developing and definitely it it expands the middle class. But middle class consists not only of IT workers. For example, every, I believe, the majority of small entrepreneurs are middle class and great so i have to ask you and it's not my words but from olga kushnir herself she said she went outside of ukraine and will live outside of ukraine because she was worried as a fashion person she is this is her words and of course she said she loves ukraine and ukraine is a great country and she will always return but she said The IT sector is somewhat protected, but entrepreneurs who 
are in other sectors, they might get some unfair treatment and there isn't really a lot of uh, uh, possibility for them to protect their business in Ukraine compared to other parts of Europe. That's what she said. So yes, you said that other entrepreneurs are also middle class. In your own perspective, since she was a student, so maybe she didn't have direct experience with this. Is this true? Are there a lot of entrepreneurs who are not in the IT sector and they might lose their business or get into legal troubles and then they their economic uh, potential stops because of this? Or is this a, an old thought that is not true anymore? Uh, thank you for the question. I believe this is a more like a political thesis. Uh, for example, I can add to middle class like all people who are working for multinational companies and etc etc i can add people to this class that's the first point second point definitely yes it has some different regulation than other sectors and uh, for example not to make a deep dive into details uh, it has lower taxation rates overall also i have to mention that there are some not publicly speaked uh, <laughs> things by the uh, people in the government, in the governmental sector, that uh, IT is the future of Ukraine and uh, governmental entities uh, look at the IT sector of Ukraine from, from a little bit different angle than at the other kinds of businesses. This is also true, but uh, businesses in others in other sectors also can be successful. And I also want to mention that uh, those uh, that entrepreneurs have some uh, fears. And I can tell you that fears of the entrepreneur like uh, from other sector are the same as the entrepreneurs in the IT sector. And also uh, I want I want to mention that uh, entrepreneurs in Ukraine have to be very as flexible as possible um, because you have to account for a potential involvement of politics and politicians to any kind of sector. So it is a complicated topic. Thank you. Yes. And I remember Max Sukhar as well as... Uh... Yuri Grachov, they said if a foreigner or a foreign entity wants to come and work and do business in Ukraine, it's much better to partner up with someone from Ukraine who knows everything and how things work so that they can have a better way of doing business and a better experience. And now to move on, because this is not a political podcast at all, there is zero politics. I was just curious about your own perspective. So to ask about you personally, Yes, you worked as an analyst and you work in various sectors and it's your resume is impressive, of course. And I'm asking you, do you wish or dream someday of becoming an entrepreneur yourself? Or are you more excited about joining a company that already exists or is launched and already working and to support in a more executive kind of way? Thank you for the question. Um, first of all, I have a, let's say, 10-year target or like a strategic target for my life. I want to be an entrepreneur and a 
famous and a big entrepreneur. In order to achieve this, I have to possess some range of skills. And uh, if you take a look at my <laughs> track record and at my uh, resume, you can see that I have experience in different sectors and in different spheres. This is because I'm building my skill set in order to achieve my target of being uh, a good and a famous and a big entrepreneur. Therefore, I'm willing to achieve my skill set. This is the first uh, part of my answer. And the second part is... Uh, definitely, I want to be an a entrepreneur. I'm passionate about uh, entrepreneurship, but I can study a lot from people at EY, at IT company, at uh, any other company. I can I, I choose companies wisely because I want to get skills. I want to get. I, I want to become smarter. I want to broaden my horizons and broaden my horizons and. Uh, I believe that uh, these skills, this knowledge and this mindset and this picture of the world will help me to know more about Ukraine, about Ukrainian business, about current trends, about what is going on in the world, about uh, people who are successful in Ukraine and who are bringing value not only to the people in Ukraine, but to the companies and to the people all around the world and uh, if I uh, if I will achieve my target in becoming a great entrepreneur through building a career up to executive uh, it is also good but currently I'm I have an idea of a startup and I'm working on it if everything will go good Maybe I will switch to becoming an entrepreneur little bo little more earlier than becoming an executive in a company which is owned by another person. Great. And I salute your entrepreneurial spirit. So you have this 10-year target of becoming a famous and well-known entrepreneur in Ukraine. And now you're strategically collecting the necessary skills for this to be true if I understood correctly, of course, and please comment on this as well as two things, actually. One, you could have lived all your life anywhere else. Even now, if you wish to move to America or the UK or Australia or Switzerland or wherever, you could. So I want to understand what attracts you and keeps you in Ukraine so that we understand the minds of excellent Ukrainians who choose to stay and maybe that will help have a better message that will bring other Ukrainians back who went abroad. So why stay in Ukraine? That's one. And the second, what is your process for creativity when it comes to entrepreneurship and specifically the idea that you have, you don't have to mention it, but how did it form? Was it like one of those stories where you were in the shower someday and you had an idea and it was Eureka, uh, like Archimedes? Or was it more that you were analyzing and you found a gap in a market and you thought, wow, this is something I should focus on and that should be solved? Okay. Uh, thank you. I would like to divide this question into two parts. First part is about... Uh, why I'm still living in Ukraine because I see the potential and I believe 
that I can achieve more in Ukraine than in other other in, than in any other country at the moment. Of course, if some uh, something can change, maybe some maybe Tim Cook will call me one day, and <laughs> maybe Tim Cook will listen to this podcast, will call me and say, "Hey, Leo, you are such a great guy. Do you want to work for Apple?" Then definitely, I will go to United States and will work at Cupertino. It also can be, but uh, in current circumstances, I see my future in Ukraine, and I believe that uh, through entrepreneurship in Ukraine, I can achieve more. And also, I want to mention a little bit another po- fact and point. Uh, every, let's say, uh, rich person who possesses a few businesses or a one business in Ukraine, uh, he has assets, and these assets are valued, let's say, at the point of 100 for today. And if things will go good in Ukraine, if reforms will be faster and if Ukraine will continue to rapidly integrate into the uh, Western world in terms of the legislation and etc., etc., the, the price for these assets will rapidly grow, even if nothing will change. Nothing. No innovations, nothing. The price of these assets will change from 100, let's say, to 400. This is also important when you create business in Ukraine. I can discuss this topic <laughs> uh, very long, so let, uh, let me switch to another question. Uh, one second, one second. I will comment and please take notes because this is beautiful and I don't want to lose it. One, what you're speaking about, that it's value that was hundred, and if nothing changes because of Ukraine being a growth market, it will, the assets value will increase. That There is a wonderful book on it by Richard Koch, who wrote many of the best books that I've read on business, whether the 80-20 principle. He was one of the first to popularize it in business. And this book is called The Star Principle. And that's mostly what he speaks about, that when you choose a market that is growing, you will get a lot more than trying to compete or enter a market that is decreasing or dying. And it sounds so simple, but it's good to put it into a principle to always operate in, to focus on growth markets, and that's what you're doing. And it reminds me of Vasil, who is the co-founder of CFC Big Ideas. And I asked him the same question, and he said, in Ukraine, I can have a lot more impact because first, it's my country, that's what he said. And second, it's a growth market with so much potential and need. Well, if he went to America or uh, the UK, he will not have as much impact because it's already established and a lot of reforms already happened. And please continue. I know you will finish your thoughts on the other topic, but also since we are not speaking about the the elephant in the room, which is coronavirus or COVID, and you're a specialist on economic matters, how did that affect the economy of Ukraine? And what are your thoughts on the potential future recovery or adaptation to COVID-19 in Ukraine. Okay, so um, uh, let me continue on uh, on the point that we were speaking about the value of the assets. I I want to explain. Uh, I was I told that uh, 
when I was speaking about that, I mean, I meant uh, that um, not because of the growing market. Uh, I meant uh, that um, when environment in uh, legislation sphere in Ukraine, let's say, will change, uh, this will bring a great uh, add in value to any enterprise in Ukraine because of the security of the assets and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. This is uh, also an important point. Uh, Thank you. And when there is security and better reforms, foreign companies will deal more with Ukraine and more foreigners will invest, which means the whole market will grow. <laughs> That's what I meant. But yes, of course, I agree with you 1000%. And please continue because you had a second thought, which is very important, as well as speaking about coronavirus. Yes. So, uh, yes, uh, in Ukraine, we have approximately 1,400 people, or f f excuse me, <laughs> 40 million people in Ukraine. Uh, it is a big market in terms of number of people, but in terms of uh, purchasing power of those people, if we compare this, let's say, to Germany or France, Ukraine is not such a big market as Germany, for example. We have also uh, take this into account in terms of uh, creating a business. So personally, I am focusing on providing value to some external markets. Also, I uh, you asked me about uh, entrepreneurship and how I came to the idea. First of all, when you're doing a business, you have to look at the pain. Look at uh, the pain that people have or like companies have. If you fix this pain, this is the idea of the startup that will be successful. Yes, you have afterwards, you have to take into account some market sizing, market analysis, etc., etc. And afterwards, you have to make a calculations in order, is your idea financially successful? And if everything is okay, you can go and make a business. And uh, in terms of coronavirus and Ukrainian economy, uh, yes, uh, Ukrainian economy have, has struggles with the coronavirus, I believe, that uh, Ukrainian economy has, from one side, Ukrainian economy uh, fallen a little bit more than other economies due to coronavirus. But from another side, the purchasing power of Ukrainians was not so big. Therefore, the fall may be as not as much as in uh, Western countries in terms of like in, ter in terms of numbers. And also, uh, I would like to maybe uh, I would like to provide you with my opinion. Uh, Ukrainian companies since uh, 2014 uh, started rapidly focusing on external markets, and uh, since 2014, purchasing power of Ukrainians also fallen down. So uh, Ukrainian companies are focusing now on bigger markets in size and a more stable markets in size. Uh, Ukraine remains a great production facility for there are a lot of multinationals that have production facilities in Ukraine and they do export. Wonderful, Leo. And I'm curious about you as a person 
because I feel and I hear that entrepreneurship is really, really important for you. And you said from the very beginning, you were interested in economics and entrepreneurship. So I have to ask, was there a story from your childhood where you discovered your love for economics or did you read some stories about some favorite or famous entrepreneur? And since you mentioned Tim Cook, I imagine you liked Steve Jobs a lot or something that was a role model for you that inspired you towards the road of entrepreneurship or how did that begin? That's one part and I know you're taking notes so I can ask too. I don't want it to be confusing. The second, you said it's very valuable for you to be a big and important entrepreneur in Ukraine. Well, and you said because it adds value. Well, why is that important for you to add value through entrepreneurship rather than any other way that is possible, whether it's NGOs or whether it's uh, volunteer work or whether it's through organizing some way to raise happiness or to give to the poor or even being part of a big, big multinational that you can add value in that way. I understand all our good options, but you chose entrepreneurship. So why is adding value in that way important for you? Uh, it's because when you are an entrepreneur, the size of your impact on the world is higher than in any other sphere that you mentioned. Thank you. And how is that higher? Unless you're Elon Musk, of course, but you mentioned before that maybe an entrepreneur can open a supermarket in a small um, section of a neighborhood or anything like that. So to you specifically, and I guess you mean as an IT entrepreneur where you don't have a lot of co costs and therefore you can scale much higher, but can you expand a bit more on this point? Because of the volume of finances that they possess and because of the every NGO, every organization that you mentioned, they have their own policies. When you're an entrepreneur, you can organize your own uh, company, corporate policy, and etc., etc. Also, when you're an entrepreneur, you have more freedom, I believe. You, have, you can create a successful business in one sector and when you have a you can you have a profitable business in one sector, you have a certain amount of money you can invest in other sector and change the life of other sector. And uh, overall, it is in the size of changes, the freedom to choose, what to change and the ability to use your creativity and the ability to apply your <laughs> art skills to change the business, change the lives of people, to organize your team, to be the one who shows the direction, to be the one who convinces the people that we definitely should choose this direction, not in others, because of first, second, etc., etc. And every team member 
uh, will benefit from this, this, and this. I believe that uh, an entrepreneur is a leader and a, a leader that has a freedom to decide. And um, in NGOs and in other sectors, I believe entrepreneurs have, I, in other sectors, people who work in other sectors and work for companies, work for entities, they have less freedom, I believe so. And freedom for me is also important to be truly happy. Wonderful. So it seems to me when you can choose the direction, when you can choose what are the priorities, when you choose the impact and you have freedom that makes you happy and satisfied, and that is the way you wish to live. Is this a correct understanding? Yes, yes. And just to make sure, did you always value freedom for a long time? Or because there are stories that there are many university students who not really understand this lack of freedom, but as soon as they work in a real company and understand that the work is not really as free as entrepreneurship, then they become valuing freedom. Or since a very young boy, you always were independent, seeking for freedom and wanting to create your own path in the world. I believe second, since I was a child, I had a passion for business and my heart always asked for freedom. Great. Thank you so much. So I guess the world, the, or the words that you can say to the world are that you want to add value and become an entrepreneur who changes the world and who gets freedom control and more and more autonomy in this world so that you can be happy and your clients or the international businesses and their clients can get value and the end users happiness i don't know if this is totally correct but also to speak more about ukraine now in my usual final question which is if you were to describe ukraine and the ukrainians to foreigners who never visited what would be the things you will say? What are the descriptions of Ukrainian people? And what are your favorite things about Ukraine? Ukraine is a wonderful country with brilliant people, uh, with huge potential in agricultural sphere, in IT sphere, and in production sphere. Ukrainian people are very good-hearted. And you mentioned the word uh, that I can say about Ukraine. First of all, Ukraine is a homeland. I believe that this word describes all other words uh, that I can say. And I want to say that I love Ukraine. I invite you to visit Ukraine. And I invite you to work in Ukraine because you can achieve a lot more if you take action in Ukraine. Thank you. Those are very encouraging, positive and beautiful words. And if people want to communicate with you, they want to contact you, what are the best ways? And if there is a place they can learn more about your future work and keep up to date to what you're doing? 
I can send you a link to my Facebook and I will definitely send a link to my LinkedIn and I will definitely... Thank you so much. It was a pleasure and honor and I enjoyed it very much, Leo. And I wish you a great day. Thank you too. It was a pleasure and a great joy. Maybe I can uh, say something to your audience also. Yes, go ahead. So I want to wish to everyone who are listening to us to believe in themselves, to work hard, to have a vision, to have a purpose and to go forward to their target. And uh, if you fail, it doesn't matter. You can fail one, two, three, 100 times. It doesn't matter. If you understand that this is yours, just go for it and soon you will achieve it. That's all. I invite you to visit Ukraine. If you have some questions about me or business in Ukraine or any kind of questions, please get in touch with me. Links to my social profiles are attached below. Thank you so much and I wish you a great day. Aziz, thank you so much for this great interview. It was a pleasure.